I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a f***ing shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f***ing houses for f***ing years. So we're into club month for April, lads, and we're not finished with the inter-county season yet. We've got the big one on Saturday, Westmead and Leash. Pretty big rivals, I would suggest, all stemming from 95 when they beat us after two replays in a minor final over in Tullamore. So we were kind of thinking that this final would be in Tullamore. It's in Croke Park. It's Leash's fifth time in Croke Park in the last two years since John Sukru uh, took over. John Sugru. I'll get to that in a little while. Yeah, I've, been I've been pulled up. <laughs> a Kerry uh, fan has pulled me up on Twitter about this. He said ahead of the this is from Brian Murphy. He said ahead of Division Three final preview, you are politely reminded that the Leash football manager is John Shukru, not John Sugru, like I would Jesus. always call him Sugru. So that's it. It's a it's a unique name. I did, I wasn't John Shukru himself. Never corrected you. Shukru. So. I don't think I ever call him John Shukru. I call him John. <laughs> Mr. Shukru. <laughs> so I, I Connor think you're on board with Kerry. Connor and Conan are in studio here with me. I should have said. Yeah, Welsh, Kane, Shukru, I, I just can't. There are a lot, yeah, this, there's uh, a lot. And listen, if, if Brian obviously doesn't listen to the club um, podcast from September to December and hear my pronunciation of all the clubs around Ireland, then he might give me <laughs> yeah, a little yeah, bit of a yeah. break. This is a clear issue yeah. with me. Um, but anyways, I have two boys back. I had neither of you on Monday, lads, and this is just <laughs> fairy tale stuff. Derry Division 4 champions, Mayo. Mayo, the green and red of mm-hmm. Mayo, comes blaring on in Croke Park. Were you emotional, Connor? I was. I was. I was. I, I was. It's been a kind of a, a theme since uh, Sunday that people are admitting that uh, it meant a lot more to them than we initially thought it would. I mean, we're, James Horne's making all the right no- noises before the game. He's like, well, this is, I think I heard Jeremy O'Connor say, this is game eight. They were looking at his game eight. It yeah. wasn't the final. It was just another game. And there was a le- an element of that approach. He didn't want to seem to get carried away with the league. And it wasn't just the it wasn't just the kind of the emotion of winning a national title. It was the game itself, which was ridiculous. Like the second half was just like I was nearly having a heart attack watch it. And then when we won the game, like I, I don't mind a bit in that. Like I, it was it was amazing. Got got a little bit carried away. It was a little bit emotional. And just to see, to to be honest, the the main thing was seeing a lot of lads that have been there for a long time. Andy Moore and Keith Higgins, uh, Jason Doherty, um, Aidan O'Shea, some of the boys that have that have lost so many finals there. And just to see them happy for and see them, it's nearly like they didn't know what to do after a big final. Yeah. And, and they're like they're used to be kind of sitting down and getting, you know, patting back from the opposition. They're kind of looking around and oh, yeah, it's okay to celebrate, <laughs> like, you know. And it was okay yeah. for us to like, like, national titles are a big deal. And Mayo have lost, what, 10 national finals in Crow Park in the last 17 years since we won the last one. So, I don't think there was a big deal I don't think many people were saying 
oh Mayo shouldn't be getting carried away it's only the league but I think I they were dead right to celebrate <laughs> as, as they did and um, I know like down in Mayo certainly celebrated as heartily as it was in Croke Park too So Absolutely it was the the song coming on Croke Park and looking down on the field and seeing Aidan O'Shea Andy Moore and you know all that vintage hugging each other Vaughan Keegan all these lads I was a neutral and to be honest I didn't think much of it until they actually that mm. actually happened as well and then I was like geez, this is a big deal for them oh uh, yeah and probably though devalued a bit because of seeing Dublin winning so often and yeah. you know they're probably going to win the All-Ireland so Dublin are trying to sort of give it a bit of respect and they're running around but it looks like it's forced a little bit for yeah. them and maybe Cork dominated before that yeah. so we haven't really had first time yeah. in a long yeah. time winners of the league yeah and like, Kerry is. Kerry would have celebrated in yeah. 15 um, we're talking about national titles there only is two national titles yeah. in the league we'd say it's an amazing competition it is like so it's a big deal to win and Derry won it in 2008 it's like you know that, that, that is our best memory as Derry supporters you know in Parnell Park yeah like it's it is like the almost the pinnacle but it's a national title so how did you feel when Chrissy McCaig lifted that cup <laughs> you were in Co Park <laughs> to be he, honest he lo- we were talking about that on Monday he looked a little bit kind of half embarrassed about Division 4 yeah and not to sound like snobby because we're Derry we can't sound snobby but um, I, I do remember like coming to full time and I was keeping an eye on the management team because I almost didn't want them to celebrate too hard because I was like, "You're, we're here because you got us here in the first place." Like, you know, this is just rectifying it and getting us back out. So I did didn't want to see any big celebrations, but not to take away from it. But it shouldn't have been there in the first place. Yeah, I don't think they did celebrate overly, Derry. That's a bit of a weird one when a bigger team goes to Division Four and wins it. Mm-hmm. I still think you should celebrate it. Like you still win something. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it, like I mean, Leitrim obviously would have celebrated mad. Andy Moran had a great quote after the final. I missed this on Monday. He's talking about his daughter and having her out on the field after the game and he was like I suppose when she was born it was a dream to put her into the cup and get the picture um, but she's too big now <laughs> so like he'd lost too many yeah, and now, yeah. now the poor girl has missed the vote she's there 16 and goes into Sam McGuire yeah, and that's a, pre- it's a pretty big cup as well that league cup isn't yeah, it yeah. and it was a bit deeper than Sam she'd yeah. still fit into Sam I'd say probably you'd imagine um, so that was it that was his 11th uh, final obviously Andy Moran so he was talking about maybe not going back um, this year only James Horn gave him the call and then he kind of had to go back in but he said that interestingly he said he has to adjust his training from what I used to do in terms of going five days a week that doesn't happen anymore because work is too busy and life is too busy I was surprised by that because it was kind of like thinking no matter what age you are are you back in or are you not do you know that kind mm. of way whereas I could understand him maybe tailoring the training but I would imagine you have to be there every night that the other players are there so that was a bit of a surprise that maybe he's not actually going every night that's yeah. a bit like me with the intermediates and more if you don't one night a week soon and then complaining when you're not playing them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't as surprised when Andy came back as opposed to there's a conversation every year with Mayor players who's going to come who's going to you know retire and who's going to come back and I wasn't really surprised with Andy Andy runs his own gym in Castlebar yeah. and the gym is uh, across the road from Mikhail Park right so the, for, for that for logistics you're, you're alone, running out of excuses there Andy <laughs> yeah. 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 immediately yeah. this sounds a little bit suspect <laughs> not, to, not to be putting you in a bind there Andy but for that reason because he's always <laughs> and, because, and, and I suppose the thing that you forget about Andy Moran is Andy Moran had two really serious injuries um, towards the like I'd say around the time he was turning 30 so I'd say more more with Andy than the rest of them say like Alan Dillon who went say relatively injury free for a lot of his career thought he might want to extend it a bit more because he missed out on so much yeah. so much football but uh, like he's had to adjust his training and, and by the looks of it we'll see how the championship goes and might have to adjust to a new role as well in terms of making an impact off the bench potentially as opposed to you know being the guaranteed starter yeah well forward. we think we think that is going to be the case now potentially and Kieran Shannon had a good piece 
piece where he gave the podcast here um, a mention, called Stevie out on his uh, lazy punditry, which we'll have to we'll have to put up to Stevie the next day. But uh, he's talking about a potential bench um, for Mayo being Andy Moore and Colin Boyle, Seamus O'Shea, and I was thinking, I think Mayo should do that. It, like I mean you look at the lift Dublin are always getting with mm-hmm. their bench and Mayo no disrespect they're bringing on Evan O'Regan and, and they don't get any lift in actual fact <coughs> and the Mayo fans are so crazy when Colin Boyle came on the last day I don't think it should be underestimated what a lift the that lift. gives and it gives the supporters a lift and the whole thing goes we're now getting stronger rather than yeah. Yeah. and Dublin are getting stronger there's a whole psychology there you know yeah. and I think Mayo absolutely should be keeping some of those big names and the fact that they found Ruan they found Fionn McDonough uh, Michael Plunkett James Carr all look like options yeah. I'd be starting with those fellas and I'd be holding the other fellas in reserve because you've getting 20 minutes out of these lads like I mean 20 minutes is one third of the bloody game you know I think so when you look at, when you look at the big games that Mayo have lost in, in the last few years as well it has been probably in the last 20 minutes that we've lost them as well especially against Dublin when Dublin are bringing on these fellas they're bringing on Paul Finn they're bringing on Kevin McManaman they're bringing on Bernard Brogan the, the, the older legends which we, is you know, yeah we, we're tend to bring on utility players and then kind of actually swap and Positions around to kind of you know in, in integrate them into the team at you that lose time. Lose a bit of quality as well, just to get fresh legs. You're not yeah. bringing on players as good. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a ma- the, the, there's a kind of mantra that's done around you like finish with your strongest team. As well, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't team. like that. But I get it to a certain degree. I get, but like when when you when you mention it for in the, in the, in this case with Mayo, I think there's a there's a case to be made for it as opposed to maybe maybe a bigger squad like Dublin, whereas you're just you start your best players. You know that kind of way, and you have enough quality to bring on anyway. Yeah. But I think I. I I tend to agree and especially the way the last rounds of the league went because James Warren seemed to do that he, like, he had been certain Andy Moore he had been certain Colin Boyle he had been certain some of the established lads and then at the end after you know the, the dip against Dublin dip against Galway made a bit of a change and those lads have come in and he's made an impact against Kerry and twice actually and uh, I, I, Colin Boyle came on and he did, he did quite well against when he came in against Kerry the last day so I'd say that's the going back to James Horn said start of the year that for 50-50 calls to be made between young players and established players who's likely to go with the younger players so I think that's what you will see come championship yeah no I agree quickly to move off Mayo so like oh, I mean you're oh. really basking in this <laughs> this isn't really Mayo this is just an interesting thing I thought so Jason Doherty was doing media um, yesterday a pity I couldn't go talk to him I must at some stage this year but he's talking about the freeze he's talking about um, Killian O'Connor coming back now, for me, Killian Connor goes straight back onto the freeze, even though Killian Connor isn't at the Dean Rock levels of this is going over. Uh, but Jason Doherty is not at the Killian O'Connor level for me. Now, he thinks his stats, he says uh, um, he was asked about whether Killian will be back on the freeze when he comes back. And he says, God knows. After missing that one in the first half, he'll be licking his lips. We haven't discussed that, to be honest. He'll be back hopefully in the next few weeks and maybe with the club, even back in training with us. I think he's actually playing a league match this this weekend, Killian O'Connor is. So he says, we'll see once we get back in the thick of training before New York. We'll have to have a chat over coffee and see who's going to take them. We have to see who's playing first of all, which is fair enough. And I was just amazed that the two players will decide this themselves. I would imagine James Horan surely, surely makes that call. Like, I mean, how is Killian? Both of them surely want to take them. How are you yeah. going to come to an agreement? Do you need a third party in there to actually have a... S- <laughs> yeah. Like, well, that coffee's going to be the worst one yeah, ever. Yeah, there could be often. 10 coffees later. No way. Will you miss that one against Dublin in the replay? Like, I mean, forget about that. You can't do it when it counts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I... 
I, I, Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Like this could be taken a bit out of context because it doesn't make James Horan makes that call. Full stop. I no? think so. Yeah, the manager should be making the call, and I think the the free taker should be a bit separated. Almost remember Baron and Brogan's to hit them for Dublin, and it had a pressure on him because now you're you're more than just a. Boy. And he wasn't a guarantee either. Exactly. He was liable to put one in yeah. the goalie's hands, or and he was supposed to be the one winning ball and taking men on and stuff as well, and winning the frees and, and then having to hit them. Like I, I think the free taker in an ideal world should almost be separated from that. Whereas Jason Doherty's running up and down the pitch, he's getting pulled and dragged, winning mm. dirty. That's a ball. good point. His yeah, role does not lend itself yeah. to. He's too high octane, and he his mm. le- his legs could be completely dead yeah. for a free. That's a good. I'd love to have heard the context because during the league like uh, if it was for a left footed kicker Kevin McLaughlin took a few towards the end Fionn McDonough t- took some too so they're both dodgy may oh, well blessed with free, great yeah. free takers yeah. are they but I think if Killian O'Connor was playing throughout the league he would have taken some of those ones even on the side that would have favoured the left side, footer yeah. I, as I said I would have loved to have heard the context because to, to me Killian O'Connor comes back in and Killian O'Connor goes straight back on the freeze he's not as consistent as he used to be but he used to be ridiculously consistent his level has dropped a little bit he's not Dean Rock now but he's still one of the best around so I, again I, I'd say there was a little bit of tongue in cheek from Jason Doherty not sure because I wasn't there for the conversation yeah he could have had a smirk on his face when yeah. he's saying this so maybe uh, yeah maybe I read too much into it I was like Jesus Christ there's no <laughs> what is this all about um, Cork Club votes so the Cl- Cork County Board voted on these proposals we talked about these was it last Thursday or the Thursday before I think it was last Thursday and the option C which I favoured and you know it seemed like a happy balance between the inter-county players getting the same amount of games as the other two options the only difference with option C is that club players get an extra two games so for from us talking about the podcast we could only see positives no less games for county players but two extra games for club players of course there was all people losing their minds it's been voted down so the proposal to play some Cork County James without, has, uh, without County players has been defeated. The proposal that was presented at a meeting last week received 52 votes. It was the second highest of the three proposals. So 52 is not, is not many. I think the other one was well over 100 votes. It was rejected opting for the three-group, four-team format to operate for 2020 onwards. So the one that won was A, which was for teams to play one game in April and then two in August the worst one of all like the option B was to just play league in April and then play your championship run it off in August I hate the option A and players hate it players hate having to peak for a championship match in April and then go away and then have it pre-season and start it all Mm. over again it's the most bizarre bizarre like yearly structure I could possibly think of and that's the one that got through Option Incredible. A is Mayo as well actually Option A is Mayo yeah, it since is. last year yeah. so t- you know that Connor sure yeah. from playing it how can you like you're preparing now for championship right yeah week after next yeah right and then after it what did you do last year well we had a few league games immediately afterwards and then there was a break for oh I'd say the guts of two months like from, from league and so you would have started maybe back doing pre-season then before August would you uh, kind yeah of you have to do a different yeah you have to start preparing that's preparing terrible again, isn't yeah. it yeah and at least we'd won our first championship game it's really different if you obviously if you lose because your entire season is hanging on that second game and there's a nearly a four month gap between the first and the second so any sort of momentum between winning a championship game you lose it completely Right okay it's bizarre so there was obviously criticism at the county board meeting which didn't surprise me the there was people say, delegates saying that clubs or club delegates saying that inter-county players might choose to play for their clubs instead of Cork um, that's always uh, a risk 
like uh, players have that option every single year and I don't see it ever changing players want to play county and if they did what's, what's wrong with it won't your club championship be an awful lot stronger the following year if you have a good inter-county manager players will commit to your county that's my opinion of it I think that's a complete another uh, red herring then they were saying the weakening of teams by having to play without county players and the promotion of players from lower grades now this was one that I was kind of half thinking was was uh, a decent one in that there's people trying to argue that if you don't have five county players right then you might have to promote intermediate players to senior and your intermediate team will suffer on, yeah, the, yeah. on the basis of that now most senior panels would have 25 or 20 on it so your first five subs are not intermediate players you'd imagine the intermediate players will move up to sit on the bench while the five that are ahead of them on the senior panel will, you know what I mean will they be the ones coming on but again there's always trying to angles to complain about these kind of things um, another one was the 26 players on a Cork match day panel prevented from playing with their clubs and only 20 allowed to be used during a game six players will be left in limbo not playing with their county and not allowed to play with their clubs well that's exactly what they have now yeah. So yeah. I don't see yeah. what the, how that makes yeah. any difference whatsoever. Like, I mean, this summer, under option A, they're in limbo as well. Yeah. So how is that an argument against another proposal? And, and, and they'd be in limbo for t- the two extra games that option C was providing. Like, you know, options A and B, you have three group games. With option C, they created two extra games. So, like, you have five group games and that's where the two county players would be missing or the, the county players would be missing for the two games. So, yeah. it wasn't like you're directly missing a first round of the championship to play with your county. It was just, here's two extra games that don't mean as much because now the other ones are worth more. Yeah. And, like, to be honest, when I saw the reaction and I, I saw it spread, I was like, Jesus, is this, is this what I sound like when I see these proposals? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, look, sometimes... Well, uh, listen, I've always said, I'm always on the side of let's try it and see what it's like. Like, if it's... Tr- obviously, there's some silly ideas. I didn't think this was a silly idea. I thought it was a good one. But you have the usual uh, naysayers um, coming out and trying to shut everything down before it's even tried. Like, I mean, let's be honest, a lot of the rule changes have worked. Um, and... The naysayers are very quiet. Conan mm. being uh, one of them. <laughs> no, he, was pro, he was pro. He was pro. I'm, I'm slagging Conan. I know you're going to come back. Well, hang on a second. <laughs> Conan was only against the hand pass passionately. Wexford training camp. So Wexford hurlers, lads, don't get scared. This is a general talking point. Um, <laughs> Wexford hurlers are jetting off to Portugal for a training camp at the end of this month. So they were one of the counties, and Leash were one of them. And Leash obviously were punished this year by a home game taken off them and playing in Croke Park. Didn't um, stop them making to the f- making the final, thankfully. But Wexford were one of the teams that were punished. But they're going away this year again, anyways, because it has changed that um, when you, if you want a training camp now, you can write to Croke Park for permission for it. So Wexford yeah. obviously have their house in order. Davy's been very um, accommodating to the clubs. So they're running off and off clubs and then he's asked permission probably at the end of April. Look, it's very close to our championship. Um, can we go then? And permission is being granted on a case-by-case basis. And I think that's probably the smartest way of doing it. You know, punishing teams to get away together um, for a collective training camp two weeks before a championship just seems completely bizarre. Yeah, and isn't this? I think this is the third year in a row that Wexford are, are doing this. I think they did it in 2017 as well. But um, last year, I think Lee Chin said that we did not train out there. 
And I was like, we did not train once out there. Was like, genuinely, went to Portugal, he didn't train once. I was kind of, uh, wasn't so sure about that because they were, I think there was four counties investigated. I think they were one of them. But uh, what I was reading there was that Armagh, basically were one of them but nearly admitted to the fact yeah we, we did the training camp held their hands up and they got done whereas Lee Chin says something like yeah. that and Wexford got away with it so I think they've, they've, they've tightened the kind of rules around it this year but it just it's, it, it, it's just so awkward with you know inter-county championship being so soon at the beginning of May and then having to try and factor in you know April for clubs month as well so it's uh, glad that they kind of like close off some of the loopholes that sounded a bit ridiculous it did sure it was just John Sugru wrote them the open letter so John yeah. Sugru admitted to it as well and received the punishment and he draw attention to Dublin obviously who went on a historical uh, <laughs> yeah, tour yeah. to France <laughs> and yeah. they got off it yeah, yeah. so like I mean this has definitely fixed that kind of nonsense because that was comical and Sugru Shukru Shukru, Shukru. <laughs> um, the, that, was a, that was a brilliant open letter So Lee Chin was talking in the media Just on the back of this And he's talking about April for clubs And he's saying I know April is for clubs And I do agree with it But it's very hard for a manager Just to let you go for four or five weeks And not be together at all I can understand why managers are frustrated with it And sometimes players can get a bit frustrated Because if I'm not with the lads for a week It feels like you haven't seen them in ages no but I thought that was nice and then it's only a week but if you're waiting for four or five weeks it just seems like another year and you're starting another year and I completely agree with that and these lads are in such a routine and the WhatsApp groups that say the inter-county WhatsApp groups never stop and you know you become completely consumed by it then a week away from the lads immediately you're starting to miss them then four weeks and it's like geez, we're starting all over again mm. and so this thing not only does it mess up clubs starting all over again it's like two seasons for inter-county players as well so like I mean this needs to change basically yeah. without do not talk about championship structures no I was going to say with um, a proper or a good county like, and it's well run would they not just like still train together but then let them play their I think their they are matches? but I think Davies doing like I mean some of them do like I mean I think it's all different some of them be, are being very strict on uh, training with the county team but just playing league games other managers are saying go back give your club yeah. it depends on his philosophy yeah, on how, allowed, how important train, clubs though. are you're allowed to train I think yeah. I think that's yeah. yeah. that's the, that's the best like, I know like, Dublin had a rare weekend off there and they were all playing league there at the weekend and you now they have two championship games coming up but they're still training with Dublin yeah, yeah. You know, but, the, but the you're the real for club championship though like I mean surely you're exclusive to your club that week it's championship oh you think so yeah James Warren said after the Mayo game on Sunday they only have six training sessions between Sunday and New York which was which is over a month away see I, I would believe that because Mayo have championships see this yeah. is different I would be surprised Dublin don't go exclusive with clubs for championship Leash train with Leash and play the league games but right. Leash don't play championship in April they used to and they realised that club players don't like it they want to get a good run of it in, in August and they train with Leash a little bit more during and which is fine but if there was championship in Leash I'd be very surprised yeah, if they were off yeah. training with Leash the week of a championship game like how do clubs get any prep in? How what are you doing? Who we don't have anyone? Are you young Smith on the panel? Yeah, but like he would tra- he would train with us. But then like, training so with so many training sessions now as well. You probably can do both. Now I'm not aware of like what Brian Fenton's doing, for example. But I do assume that he's probably down on the Thursday night if they're working on kickouts. Find out if you can, <laughs> yeah. because we could really do with that information. So two or three other ones. Uh, I'd say Jack Cooney, right, is the new Westmead manager, and I've been in contact with him. I've been trying to get him on the show a couple of times, and it's just. Uh, 
um, his schedule and stuff he wants to come on but he had two <laughs> like I mean he had two quotes here and I have this down that he sounded like David Brady right <laughs> so Jack Cooney's doing a great job at Westmead it has to be pointed out they won the Auburn Cup which everyone forgets about beat Dublin and now they're promoted out of Division 3 and they're in the league final against Leash and that's a real 50-50 game that we'll talk about in part 3 but he's <laughs> he talked about um stuff that goes into performances and he says a lot of things go into performance but the best way to measure performance is the score at the end of the game (laughs) come on Jack like that's David Brady punditry we can't be listening to that kind of stuff and then he talks on about consistency and talks about other stuff and then at the end he says there's never a bad day in Croke Park irrespective of results when you're talking out in Croke Park it's a good day and he should ring any of the Mayo players or ring Connor and <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you a thing or two Jack. so there's a couple of weird comments from him so I'd be interested to get Jack on the show or Jack on the show yeah. to see is he David Brady in disguise <laughs> or is uh, you know maybe these quotes are taken out of context he, he, might, he might come on now yeah I <laughs> should talk to the West Meath team that lost by 30 points to Dublin in the Leinster final a couple of years ago as well that oh, wasn't yeah. a great yeah, that wasn't a great but uh, yeah oh yeah exactly any day though is a good day any day up until the match maybe or up until the hammering is a good day because Leash took plenty of them down to the ears as well right uh, a great offer in Tipperary so this has to be pointed out because this is a, this is fantastic we give out about county boards so for 15 euros you get a pass for every club game this weekend isn't that a great idea now I don't think the county board are going to lose too much there might be a few diehards that go to two very few will go to three but the offer is there and I think it will encourage more people to buy one on the off chance ah Sunday I might go on you might not but yeah. do you know what I mean I think more people will go to the game go to the club games with the chance that they might go to another one and go to their own club so they'll m- probably make more money off stuff and if it improves attendances at all if some of them do go to two you're doubling you know you're adding extra to the other games I think it's a great deal I don't think the county board lose anything for it I think supporters gain and the actual matches gain as well yeah, Fair. I was just saying to the Connor like how I love playing on a Friday because then it frees up the Saturday and Sunday. Like playing championship on a Friday, yeah. Because then you are free to go watch games. Like, and I, I've gone to four matches, you know, on a Sunday before. Like, and they, they do it really well in Derry, where it's split early afternoon and late afternoon. But yeah, no, I think I think it's it's a great deal. Like, I've got nothing really to, to no, add on. There's nothing to give out about because that's true. If you're on a Friday, if your team is on the Friday night. You might be busy Saturday. You might go to the double header on Sunday. So who gains from that? The crowd at the game on Sunday. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. just it's it's just good. And like for the money, you weren't going to go to it maybe on Sunday anyway. So like I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I don't see huge losses. I see a lot more gains. Just to say for Tip, they did it because when you when you mentioned the offer, I was like Tipper Tipperary have done something like this before. And actually look back and last year they had a twenty euro match pass. Um, there was it covered 17 championship games in all codes like underage as well over a weekend and uh, that was in that was in advance that was for the Tipperary hurling quarterfinals so right. they're big games as well so Tip obviously know what they're doing oh yeah so this. it obviously works for them so this mm. is, a, is not unprecedented mm. so before we get into John Sukru Shukru, who I interviewed uh, last Saturday morning. Um, TG Cahar have announced their schedule of the 11 games across April, which keeps us in business, <laughs> right? So, we're, <laughs> so we might have, we'll have Monday and Thursday shows. So I was only planning on doing Thursday shows, but sure, when there's club games, because Saturday, April the 13th, Nafina plays St. Sylvester's, and a big one is Kilmacoe Crokes play Ballymun Kickhams. 
that's in Parnell Park so that's on TG Cahir so we'll be watching that and we'll be talking about it. and the next day then Dune versus Patrick's Well they love Limerick senior hurling they have another mm. big one between the Pearshig and Patrick's Well on Sunday the 21st that's a huge huge game that's all the big names you're looking at me panicked so I'm not going to continue <laughs> on anymore about it but anyways so TG Cahir have announced 11 games across April um, what would we do only for them there'd be no GER yeah. there'd be no GER in, after September or there'd be no GER in April outside of us maybe trying to talk <laughs> shit out about nothing there might be a bit of news but listen we need you TG Cahar thank you very much I was looking out for Scaries on the list I was pity I didn't see it oh I would love it yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll get there Scaries v looking Sarsfields someday have you ever have either of you played live on telly uh, no no no, no. We were hoping so. we were going to be our, our game against the final last year was uh, like all or nothing. Whoever won was through to the quarter final. We right. thought we were. Does Mayo GA TV count as live TV? No. <laughs> okay. No. Well, then never. Though. Terrestrial TV. <laughs> does, does, does it change the way you play? Like, are you aware? There'd be, oh, it'd be an added excitement in training, and you, uh, regardless, yeah. I don't know if players tell the truth or not, but we would be talking about it in training. Jesus, great! It's on the telly. Yeah. You would be, and you'd be in your head. Jesus, a little bit of extra pressure, definitely, but, but a huge excitement. But there players that played better in TV matches than did. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't <laughs> think so because at the end, of, like if if it's a TV match, it's a big match, and yeah, of course, it's an yeah. added spice, and it, it just it makes you more excited about it, yeah. you know. But it, 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 there's still enough pressure from the game. I don't think we're at the le- we don't play in front of te- TV enough to know yeah, yeah, this lad's yeah. performing better. At, or it's it's in your home stadium rather than away in the Premier League, yeah. isn't it? He scores at home, but he can't score <laughs> yeah. on the road. But are you, are you aware? You know, like after a piece of play, and you might know the cameras on you. Are you doing something that they look bigger? Well, or? there has been accus- <laughs> there has been. Accus- Accusations that when we were minors, we, you know, you're only a young fella, yeah. you'd be slagging. So the big thing when we were minors was you would you would notice yourself appear on the big screen yeah. in Park. <laughs> so what I used to do, right? I just like it's mad that you'd even be thinking about this in a match. So there might be an injury and the play would be stopped and the camera would be an injury. I'd be over beside the injury and I'd have a look up. At <laughs> <laughs> I'd have a look up at the television. Oh, shameless. Oh yeah. Oh, but then shameless. <laughs> you're only a young yeah, fella. I know, like yeah. I mean, it was a big thing. So that was the only way of guaranteeing that here I'm on it now. Yeah. Sh- had to off the championship haircut as well. <laughs> Jesus. All right. I'm saying too much. Much here. Um, <laughs> we'll move on and we'll talk to John Shukru. I don't really know Jim anymore. Me and him were like best friends when, when we played, you know. He's seen the light of Jesus and uh, I'm still like fighting the devil, you know. <laughs> <laughs> It's a beautiful sunny Saturday morning, John, and you have a Vision Three final to look forward to. Where else would you rather be outside of maybe Kerry manager in the same position? Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm I'm happy over where I am. Um, look, I want you. It's it's great, and like you, you look around the place here in Umbro Park, and there's a lot of development has gone on, and it's it's great to see just you know the facilities that are here now, but. Uh, Saying that it is Division Three final, we're, we're fully cognitive of where we are in the picking order in the country, as well. And uh, you know, by the end of business this evening, we'll be in in second place in Division Three, heading into final. So we'll keep an eye on, on what we need to do to try and get competitive in that final. Yeah, but like you said, we're in the centre of excellence here, and we're actually looking out across O'More Park. Um, you know. 
this day two years ago we were in Division 4 there was no centre of excellence the, the point I'm making the, the leash football is in a much better position now than it was when you arrived yeah, well, like, look, I want you, we, we've got a little bit of forward momentum going, but uh, on that as well, I think if, if you look at our league campaign, campaign today, we had good momentum from the first game of, of this league, and then we're sitting in our backsides after game two again. Yeah. So, like, it's been a little bit topsy turvy, you know, throughout this year, but hopefully, if we can gather ourselves rightly now and put, a, put a, a, a little bit of a forward lean into next weekend, we'll see where we're at. What, what was it that attracted you about the lease job? Because from the outside, right, we're in Division 4, there was a lot of doom and gloom, like I said. The miners from 03, the backbone, the squad, were pushing on in years. We hadn't won minor in a long time, performed at underage level. But you've managed to turn things around and introduce a lot of new players that maybe people from the outside didn't even think were there. Yeah, uh, look, I suppose it was the mileage, like, um, that attracted me to it. I live about, <laughs> about four miles out the road. So, I uh, know, look... But it I, wasn't an attractive uh, job yeah. when you took it over. Uh, no, no, like... Uh, I, I I wouldn't look at it that way, you know. Like you, you've got you've got to look at a team and see what way a team's momentum is going. Then, you know, I mean, it, it makes no difference where you start from. It's all about trying to get a team moving forward. And you know, like within leash, I, I you know, like I live up here now. I'm living here for nine years, and I've been to lots of the club games, and I've got involved with the team through various guises through the, the, the last number of years. And I've just seen the way the team have, have have gone, and then you know, like you, you know, there's a bit more potential in them, and it's just a matter of just trying to get stuck in and see if you can get a bit more out of them. Yeah, I, saw, I was reading Colin Begley talking on the All Stars tour about competition for mm. places, and Kieran Lillis was mentioning it, and Mark Timmons this morning. Mm. That's the big thing, isn't it? Like, I mean, there were there was established players in a comfort zone. You know, Colin Begley actually even said that that a bad game wouldn't see you dropped. You know, and yeah. that's a malaise yeah. that sets in, isn't it? Well, it is, and like you know, I mean. There has to be a, a little bit of an element of savagery of training you know, that you you have to hold on to your jersey and you know young fellas are going to come in and then if young fellas get a jersey too handy it's no good for them either and then if old fellas hold on to their jersey too handy it's no good for them either so I mean yes competition is is, is very important and like last weekend we absorbed a number of injuries and we pushed on reasonably you know so um, you know we, we have to try and keep that tempo here like and try and keep the, the, the competition within the squad if we do that I think we'll We'll, we'll be in a healthy place. Yeah, you definitely wielded the axe after the loud match. You used your full panel. So, like, I mean, that needs to, that message needs to go out as well, I suppose. So lads are on, on their toes. Uh, yeah, but, it, like, in a, in a productive sense, there's nothing, there's nothing personal about any of this stuff. There's nothing, you know, like, it's, it's, we need to try and be productive. And as a team, we need to try and find our, our best balance. And I think we're, we're not there yet, certainly not there yet. I think we've, we've worked to do yet. You know, like, uh, throughout the league, we've been mixed the good, the bad and the ugly. So it's a matter of trying to be a little bit more consistent. And last day, I think we, we got a little bit of consistency together, but that was a little bit. And it's, it's once just swallow never makes a summer like. So we, we, we've got to try and be a bit more consistent now and see if we can stick two performances together. Yeah. Where did you, could you enjoy the league a little bit more this year? There was huge pressure, we know, to get out of Division mm. 4. You know, like, I mean, was it a little bit more enjoyable, at higher level, and not that same massive pressure? No. <laughs> uh, no, I know. Did like, you enjoy it at all? Um, Look, uh, like, yeah, last year, you know, we had to get out of Division 4 last year. It really is one of those things. And, you know, like you see, like, see Leitrim coming out of it this year and they'll hopefully blossom next year for themselves. It's great to see them do that, you know, and see Derry get back out of it. 
Um, but saying that this year, you know, like I mean, we we have to be progressive, and you know, to some degree, we wanted to stay in Division Three. But I, I think as a group, if we're if we're overly cautious and we we start consolidating, I think it's not necessarily a good atmosphere for guys. Then where's the push going to come in training? So you have to have that little bit of ambition about you too. Yeah. Is it difficult to prepare for teams in the league because the games come so thick and fast? Westmead had a new manager. You might be 100% sure how they're setting up. Loud have a new manager. They're the two teams that mm. beat Leash and will be playing in the final. We don't know yet who we're playing. But, like, I mean, is it difficult to get on top of game plans? Because we know you like to change the style up depending on who you're playing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like the, you know, there's a good bit of work attached to, uh, you know, attached to preparing a, a team nowadays. And you know, um, I think it's one of those things that that people maybe don't understand how how much of your week you can take up. Um, looking at videos, so you look at your own video after a game, then you look at maybe two videos of the opposition. So that's three games you watch between whenever you fin- finish your last league game b- before you play your your next one. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's and a, that's it's in the week, thing. and you have to do the that's recovery, and then the week, by the time yeah. you get around to see the opposition, it might be Thursday at that stage, would it? Yeah, but well, like you, you try and get stuff out to guys as early as you can, but um, yeah, it's it's one of those things. That's the way the GA has gone. It's you know, like we're trying to prepare as best we can. We're trying to give guys as much information so that they can play to the best of their ability, and that's all we're trying to do: facilitate. Them yeah. the best but is there time in the week as a manager though like I mean I know there are big backroom teams and you have to you simply can't do everything mm. yourself but based on the high intensity league kind of schedule mm. like should managers be full time to try and prepare a team fully I'm sure you should ask John Horn that anyway <laughs> you'd be far you'd be far the managers <laughs> yeah. go full time you know you know what the boss's thoughts are on it but uh, look yeah it's like it's 25 to 30 hours a week I would say it's, it's a lot about, yeah. yeah what yeah. it takes between training and communication and looking at videos and preparing stuff so uh, like it uh, with two kids at home and uh, I've worked for myself I'm self-employed so yeah it, it becomes busy yeah. it's definitely Evan O'Carroll has been flying it in the league the offensive marks really suiting him like I mean mm. um, the clip of the goal against Offaly was sensational it was a real throwback to the Bobber Liston's kind of time where you yeah. just get it in you're lucky in that you have Donny and Evan who really kind of suit that style of football that you like yeah, but it, like it, there's there's lots of fellas facilitating that, and there's lots of fellas working hard to turn over ball and 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 you know give us a, a defensive shape, and then you know in, in an attacking sense, I don't think Leash have ever really been overly shy. Yeah, know, Leash like to play attacking football, so. Um, it's just a matter of trying to trying to find a balance between defence and attack, and you know, like we we we'll, we'll we'll try and shift the focus maybe around from different players on different days because if you if you if you become one dimensional, that's not necessarily good for the team. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. But like, I mean, the kicking game is something that you you like, and you, you that's what you usually coach. Do you see the game moving a little bit back towards that style of football, or what's your experience been in Division Three? Yeah, well, like I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if you, if you look across the if you look across the divisions this year, I'm not sure how many hand passing uh, dominated teams are, are are doing much. You know, like if you, if you if you yeah. look at the teams and you look at who's being progressive, you look at who's winning all Ireland's, you look at um, teams who are being competitive in provinces. 
I'm not sure there's too many hand-passing teams doing that well right now. So if you can't kick the ball, then maybe football's not for you. Yeah, the, the trend seems to be moving away from teams dropping off and going back into zones. You know, they seem to be... Mm. Even Tyrone beating Dublin that night in Crow Park, that, mm. like managers see that, mm. even though Leash did something similar the, the year mm. before in the, in the Leinster final. Yeah, like it's, it's one of those things that like, it was inside the 45, it's now kind of moving to that middle third section, I think, which is great for the game. It's you know, like it makes the game an awful lot more yeah. attractive to watch because then if you can move the ball through that middle third, uh, you know, there's less congestion at the back. So yeah, it's it, it's it, like it it's quite dynamic at the moment with regard to where teams put pressure on, and thankfully it's not necessarily all inside the 45 because it, like inside the 45 is fine. It'll make you competitive to some degree, but at the end of the day, if you, if if you can be steady and, and have a formula to break it down. You, know, you will be beaten if you sit back inside her. Well, that's the, that's the thing. We saw that against Carlo last year where there was a lot of leash playing on the outside of the screen and not mm. giving away the contact. And mm. I think, in a way, a lot of the teams have maybe figured that style out a little bit and it's gone a little bit kind of out, mm. of, out of date. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so it's going that way. Like, I don't know. It's, it's just one of those things. I, like, like, it depends on your view in football and look, different people have different views. You know, there's, there's still a couple of other teams outside of Carlo trying it as well. And... Uh, you know, some are getting a little bit of success out of it, but only a little bit. Yeah, only a little bit. Come here, did you get a letter? Did you get a, ever get a letter back from your letter to the GA, the open letter that you wrote? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know. I like. I, I just let that out. That was. That was generally like. You know, I, I, what I wanted to clear up was our motivations behind doing what we did, and um, and also the fact that we're big boys. We we do something. We'll take the the consequences. So. And we're big boys. We can do that. There's no, there's no problem with it. We we took the consequences. We lost our our, our game that was taken off us. That's life, you know. But we've we've managed to dig ourselves out of that corner. We've we've come back and we've recovered and we've got ourselves in into Division Two next year. But I think if we're if we're looking at the whole thing and if we're looking at the the image of the GA, maybe. Um, ducking and diving around technicalities and and things yeah. like that, you know, like if if a fella strikes a fella, uh, a fella strikes a fella. There's no point in, in sifting through the rule book to say that's become a culture you know, now, hasn't it? Yeah, the apostrophe is getting here, off it, yeah. or the, the comma is there and it should be there, so technically he gets off. So yeah. it's like you know, that culture is just not. I I, I don't think it's a healthy culture in the, for the GA to to promote or to allow to. To, to grow and it's, it's nearly since 04 for a Leinster final we played Westmead and their midfielder got off on a I think that's when the DRA started up and he got he got back for the Leinster final that year mm. and they won it and ever since that everybody's been appealing you know to the yeah. DRA and getting yeah. off and now the culture has the become culture that, that set in now yeah. so I look it is what it is but you know like the you know thankfully we're, we're, we're in the league final and thankfully it's in the month of April and uh, thankfully the, the leash clubs won't be discommoded one bit by the fact that the league final can be put back into the first weekend in April. Yeah, so it's changed this year, so you can actually go to Croke Park and ask permission now for the training camp, isn't that it? So at least something good came out of your, out of your letter. I, d- I didn't know that. You didn't that. know that? Yeah. Um, but we, we, we don't need to go away this year, you see, this is the thing, right? Last year we hit our championship game on the 12th of May. Um, club month finishes the whatever how many days are in April 30 or 31 30. days 30 days in April right um, so we would have had 11 days to prepare for our first championship game which is our biggest game of the year we're, we're, we were a county trying to find our feet last yeah. year Do you know any county giving them 11 days before their biggest game to gather as a group and have unity I don't think it's fair so no. I, either you either you push back the start of the championship so you've got two weekends to prepare for a championship 
you know, which I think is ample, that's fine. Yeah. Give, give you two weekends, then you can go do your training camp and that's it. Saturday, yeah, that's the thing. But like, I mean, it do- definitely doesn't make sense to not have your players for a full month before the, ch- the most important game of the year. Yeah. And yeah. then you can't even go away to, to get quality work done. Yeah. <laughs> like, there, so, there's no yeah, logic to well, that. Well, like the, big, the, the biggest competition of the year is the championship. I think there's no denying that. And that's, the, that, that's where you really cut the mustard, really, because it, like, ultimately you, you play teams that are... Uh, the same division as you or a division above you or maybe two divisions above you and if you are you, you, you've got to be right like, so. yeah yeah, exactly finally uh, Louder Westmead so you're training this morning before you know the opposition you might have to get them in again tomorrow then will you when you do know them or no like we, we, we've played both of them today um, to my mind this morning is all about us getting ourselves uh, you know prepared we're, 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 we want to give guys a chance before we start thinking game plans and things like that we want to give guys a chance to really go at it with each other and be competitive with each other so that's what this morning is all focus about focus on your own so yeah, a little bit morning. frustrating that you don't know the opposition the Saturday before I suppose no not at all, no? Not at all. Like we'll, we'll have next week to prepare for the opposition today we've got to prepare ourselves and, and guys have got to stick their hand up in training and see where we're at that's what it's all about well listen best of luck anyways okay. and I'll talk to you again Uncle, come on. Is the little dink fist pass from a crowded area into that D we're at home by where Bernard I've talked to Bernard about Bernard's very patient but this little dink ball you know the one in a crowded area where it's a fist pass the weight is taken over hits the ground and it bounces into a fella's chest and there's consternation then in around the D and around that area watch for this in the semis and the final do you know the one I'm talking about that little fisted ball that's just bound in a, in a crowded area but it gets to the, the yeah, body you, you have said it three times it's in around it but you're looking at me you're <laughs> looking at me a crowded area is it? you're <laughs> looking at me with such a confused a confused head in you it's like I was talking about you trying to get a point in coppers or something there in a crowded area yeah watch for it so this is the big one, lads. There's only one game we're going to preview because it's the only intercounty game. There is some uh, club hurling in Cork and in Galway on TG Cahar this weekend, but we'll concentrate on the Leash-Westmead game. So like I said, these are two pretty uh, big rivals. It's a real 50-50 game, I see this one. Like, I mean, there's some really good forwards on both sides. There's some, you know, both solid in midfield and you have some defenders, which we'll talk about, might match off against some of the forwards. But I just want to talk about, because we heard John uh, Sukru there and the impact he's had on Leash Lads should not be underestimated. Like we talked about his trial games and how he's improved the squad an awful lot. Like, I mean, they were able to beat Carlo without John O'Loughlin, Colin Begley and Benny Carroll, who are three really important players. Like they have players just coming in and slotting into the into the system. In, they were divi- re- relegated from Division 2 down to Division 3, 3 down to 4. They were top-loaded with old, older, um, demotivated players that were badly underachieving. Leash hadn't won anything at minor under-21 since 2007. So on the face of it, this was not a job that many people wanted. Now, I was trying to paint a picture that it's still an attractive job. There's a year or two left. But Sukru, in fairness to him, has has kind of looked towards the future rather than the short-term future. So, like, I mean, he's kept um, Colin Begley and he's kept a few of those fellas from the 2003 minors. Brendan Quigley's back. We'll talk about him. But he's brought in a lot, of, a lot more young players and they're all beefing up the panel. And now there's options all over the mm. squad. There's competition from places which they're all talking about. Nobody's kind of comfortable on the team. And I think, relatively... For a manager with no inter- senior intercounty experience to come in and get the team straight back from four to two, which didn't look easily easy, playing Croke Park four times, playing a Leinster final, and actually caused Dublin a few problems, even though they're way off Dublin, it's a massive, massive job John uh, Sukru's done. 
Yeah, in such a short space of time as well. Yeah. Like, and, and winning silverware along the way and another chance for silverware two years in a row. Like, yeah, and, and, and we always, I, I felt like I was sort of drawn on it too much, that example in the Leicester final, because we've seen so many teams come up against Dublin and just get swatted aside playing silly football. And Leash was the one example that we saw. Here was a team actually set up well to try and beat them. And they, they, they executed it, just they weren't good enough, like, you know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so like I've I've always been on the the shukri, shukri bandwagon since then. But like you, like you, you probably have a better handle on it. Like you were telling me that they weren't a Division Four team. Uh, are they above Division Three, or is he you now sort of playing above? And they're probably they're bottom divi- bottom half Division Two. I'd say they're they could prob- survive in Division Two. Uh, it'd you be think. a good season if we could survive in Division Two. I think you know. Yeah. I think they could establish themselves. They have to keep everyone together. I'm hearing stories that Donny Kingston's this might be his last year. You know, you don't know exactly, but if they had everybody, you would say they could survive. Um, in Division 2 but Leash's tactics are very obvious Leash have got Evan O'Carroll and they've got Donny Kingston and Donny Kingston this year has been floating in and out so he's been inside with Evan O'Carroll and he's been out centre forward we saw the clip of him against Offaly giving in that huge ball into Evan O'Carroll mm. so when he goes out he looks for Evan O'Carroll in there obviously it's almost like Donny knows he, he knows the ball he wants <laughs> yeah. and he just gets it into him Paul Cahillan was outstanding the last day now he's Port Leash number 13 plays in the corner but he's playing out in front of the two fellas against Carlos so he's in a playmaking role scored nothing from play the last day but got man of the match mm. so Leash's obviously their system will be pretty much everybody else is you know all over the field working chasing players because your half forward line like we analysed Kerry on Monday you can't actually trust your half forward line to stay in their positions that's how Mayo messed Kerry's game plan up by just <laughs> yeah. dragging them everywhere they don't yeah. go so you have to have a running game and Leach have a running game but they also have that kicking game to get it in and that's I think that's the beauty of what um, John Shukru has brought to Leash. I think it's a bit of flexibility yeah. we want to get it in but we're not obsessed with getting it. You know yeah. what I mean? We're not obsessed yeah. with getting it in. I think that, that's important. That game was Sucro Park as well because I suppose what have, what have you to go on like against Westmead the next day only the game that they played kind of earlier on in the year and I, d- I didn't see it but just reading into it a lot of the long ball in was spoiled. Yeah. I think Lee scored six points in the first 15 minutes and yeah. then only scored four uh, like uh, after that because Westmead had kind of cottoned on to the long ball in had got a sweeper in front so they batted it down and then just collected it then so kind of um, if, if Leash were to persist with that at the time it was a very strong breeze obviously conditions were different uh, but Cole Park will be a lot you know it, it facilitates that facilitates sort of ball, a bit you know, more kind of yeah I think Leash were taken by surprise by how defensive Westmead went that day now mm. Westmead would have had their homework done in Leash because Leash they would have seen Leash last year Leash would have struggled to do their homework on Westmead because they would have had to see a Burn Cup game or they would have had to see them playing and it was the fourth league game and they obviously play at the same time so yeah. I'd say Leash might have been a bit shocked I wasn't shocked when I read that Jack Cooney was on Rory Gallagher's backroom team in 2015 <laughs> <laughs> right so like I mean it's fairly obvious that Westmead maybe are playing a more defensive game which makes probably sense against Leash anyways but now now that Leash have the heads up on it Leash it's not like Leash haven't played against Carlo loads yeah, of times yeah. and beaten them now that they've the heads up they play a lot smarter against Westmead and Crow Park. They won't be forcing this kick. I think a lot more will go through Catalan, who whose distribution is is outstanding, and he might get the lads on better ball that might be cutting out the sweeper. And I'm sure Shukru will have a a much better plan for how Westmead are set up than he might have had away in Cusack Park in yeah. Westmead. And that probably has been the most impressive thing with him, like as you mentioned, Carlo being able to adapt for that game twice. 
and then being able to play against Dublin the way you want to play and then like you the Wexford game going into extra time. Remember I remember you coming back to the office at that Monday and absolutely buzzing like you know, you've had these sort of big moments as well with, with Leash going through. But I mean the interesting thing is it is it's obviously harder to sort of impose your kicking game if a team were set up defensively, but it is harder, if yeah. If you win the ball, if if you if you can turn them over then you can strike. You like can it. use the kick as a transition. Yeah, it's a very good transition. <laughs> like, yeah. And if Kingston's kicking the ball 60 yards, they have Car- yeah. it's hard to stop. Like So it is going to be sort of how they set up defensively a bit as well and then they can sort of yeah. use that to explain. So I quite like that, you know. Like, I mean, the fact that teams are actually getting it in now. See, my problem with these defensive games, they all started following the same pattern where it was carried and then you're outside a screen and I was just bored out of my brains mm. about this. But now their teams are trying to kick... To figure it out with transitioning kicking it down getting it down there before they retreat I think there's a, a nice uh, like I look forward to that dynamic now yeah. of how Westmead can stop these two in there um, whether that even suits Westmead's forwards because like whatever good forwards Leash have you can ch- check them off with Jerry Egan with John Heslin and with yeah. Kevin Martin <clears throat> so they have match winners up there does that system suit suit their match winners as well they'll probably leave two up and maybe everyone else is working I haven't seen Westmead so I'm not too sure I think tactically it's an interesting game yeah. and it, it, it should in, in Crow Park you're right it should be easier to maybe like we saw in a lot of the games last weekend it should be easier get your kicking game long kicking game down and maybe catch out these teams yeah. that mm-hmm. are trying to get players back uh, and the funny thing is those teams what they want to do we always talk about giving them oxygen when they turn the ball over that that, that breathes energy into them Like, but it's yeah. when they turn it over on the 45 and that's when they get the big cheer and they get yeah. the kick but that's what I was just about to say like, they're pre- like teams are prepared to lose the ball if they if they kick it in now yeah. like on a 50-50 chance whatever but it's far better to lose the ball in yeah. the full back line as opposed yeah. to get turned over when you're yeah. caught out of position and give that's that it. team the oxygen it's to much, attack it's in, in actual fact like we've we've said this and we've we've painted this out very clearly it's low risk to kick it in yeah <laughs> It's higher <laughs> risk to be messing around it yeah. on a turnover on the 45. Yeah. And, and like Keane said on Monday, it effing works. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, and you're also like that idea when you're kicking it is like that we all assume that you've lost it. <laughs> you know, like you can still win it. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, 50-50. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you a gambler? Yeah. You know? Exactly. Like, you know, so, and even if you do lose it, you're, you're competing for the ball. So it's not like you've hand-passed it to somebody who's cut it out and then ran yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, so exactly. So I don't know. Like, I mean, the Leash matchups, I think Gareth Dillon seems to be Leash's go-to man marker. He does all the difficult jobs he marked Luke O'Loughlin the last day now it was John Heston's first game back he might have surprised Leash I'd imagine Gareth Dillon will pick him up I'd say Stephen Atroyd Leash captain will mark Jerry Egan and Mark Timmons he's another one from the O3 minors he's a stalwart at this stage um, he was at the media day last Saturday morning and he was talking about playing with me that'll tell you how old he <laughs> like Mark Timmons Donny Kingston Munnally and a couple of lads there is still a connection of lads I've played with Leash which is nice I'm not that old yet but I'd say he'll probably pick up uh, Kevin Martin and he's a real burly top-notch inside forward so it'll be interesting to see who Westmead leave up I'm not sure the likes of Luke O'Loughlin is a working type of pair he's a, an out-and-out forward so whether Westmead have the players they might be drifting them back but they might not be suited necessarily to turning over ball or doing too much work it, it sort of looked to me like on, in black and white that they're trying to keep four up yeah Westmead from I'm looking at the Westmead team that played the last day and I see I don't see forwards that suit you see Heslin you see Egan you see O'Loughlin you see Martin you see O'Toole and Ganoud 
Mm. They're not all working forwards that are going to suit getting yeah. dra- back behind yeah. the ball. So I'm not. I'm. I'm looking forward. Unless to they're doing see. something with Kieran Martin. Hasn't Kieran Martin? I know he's worn he's six in, in his defense, back and yeah. played fourteen before. But unless they're no, doing he's played like in the defense too before. Yeah. yeah. So he could. He could be dropping back. But then he's. He's a huge weapon. A full. Forward. I'd, I'd love be, if I'd he dropped back. Full forward. He's so yeah. dangerous. Yeah. Oh. I'd love if he went back. So it'd be interesting. There's lots of things. <clears throat> Interestingly, and I meant to give. Uh, Cahillan and the performance of the weekend or a nomination last Monday and Brendan Quigley so Brendan Quigley is another 3 minor um, got in on our senior team in 05 along with Pori Clancy and Noel Garvin I think he pushed Garvin into the forwards or they were rotating them or something but top class top quality midfielder a brilliant fetcher so Brendan Murphy was destroying Leash in the first half last week. I think it's something crazy, like 15 possessions in the first 20 minutes. He was cleaning out Kevin Meaney, who's also back this year, who retired last year. Um, and Brendan Quigley was brought on. And Quigley cleaned Murphy out in the air. Brendan Quigley is an old school fetcher. Mm. He's a fetcher. That's what he's best at. And he can get into the clouds. So he's been riddled with a, a groin injury and he can't get it right. So he's only actually playing on about 80%. Um, of his capacity he needs another operation but the 80% capacity I think you don't need 80% that's for sprinting or for you know maybe whatever to get up in the air he can jump off his other leg and he's some man to jump so Mm. he's a huge option for Leash because arguably in Leash last year it was John O'Loughlin and Kieran Lillis and they played every game and that's good enough that's a very strong midfield yeah. but there was no other options in midfield Quigley wasn't there and Kevin Meaney now they have four most counties have four it's a bit like Premier League strikers now you have your four yeah, that yeah. you rotate you need that and you need those options because Brendan Murphy had cleaned Leash out in a league final in Croke Park last year and Leash were kind of stuck do you know what I mean they had yeah. no if mm. Quigley was there that day it would have brought him on they would have got it along to midfield and Quigley would get you uh, you know primary possession so it's absolutely brilliant to have him back I'm delighted because he was half wondering whether to go back or whether to get the other operation and then he's 35 next year and it's another year and one, you know what I mean I think just patience got the better yeah. of him so he's not getting an operation before a championship he's going to I think he's going to stay as he is now and mm. he's a huge competitor Quigley mm. like I mean he's a really really good player and you know you take him if he's a hun- if he's not a hundred percent, it's yeah. still at, you know. A the top only fear level. Of it, it might affect his mobility around a big place like Crow Park if he's in midfield. But, that, but as you said, like if he can if he can dominate the air on eighty percent, well then yeah. Especially well, maybe that's eighty percent of not being able to play a full game. You oh, know what okay. I mean? So yeah. I'm not too sure what exactly he meant by that. But I think that I wouldn't last a full game. Maybe I'm eighty. I'm a six. He can give hundred percent for fifty minutes. Maybe that's the, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you like, also I mean, don't want the main one losing midfielders who, when the keeper kicks it five yards. To Right, he just stands there and says, "What are you doing? Kick it to me!" Like, you know. Do goalies do midfielders do that? Ah, you see the big like, ones like, that's like John Barnes back in the yeah. day. Just, <laughs> put it up, just put it up for me, and I'll win it. <laughs> so that's it, lads. Predictions. Don't feel under too much pressure here, lads. I have said it's a fifty-fifty game. So Paddy Power have it at least ten to 11, 11 to ten. So you see, me and Paddy Power are usually on the same wavelength. I said even money both sides. So there you go. So. We'll start with you, Connor. It has to be Shukru's army, right? Leash Shukru. all the way. <laughs> See, I gave you a lot of Mayo talking yeah, points at did, the start of today. Yeah. So there you go, Conan. Yeah, I find it I find it hard to back against Shukri. I, I do like him, but um, I'm going to go with West Meath. Just they've been scoring a lot, and they have the, the, those scores that can really do damage. So I fancy them. Okay, so then to go straight back up, I was saying on Monday, West Meath are a very, very unique team in that 
In the last nine years I was reading, they've been relegated four times and promoted three times. Only two years did they stay yeah. the same. They're, they're, they're fans. We were calling them a mini Mayo. Like yeah. They're just on the road all the time in different places. I think Leach will win it. I'm not going to back definitely against Leach in a 50-50 game. I'd be might back against them against Dublin or something like that. <laughs> then you always have the handicap to maybe give you some. I'm going to go for Leash. I think they're, they're on the roll. To be honest with you, it's not the end of the world for either team if they lose it. They're up in Division 3, which is the main thing. But this is a final. And I know Leash celebrated the Division 4 final, even though I, I felt that little bit of embarrassment that maybe Christy McCaig did because we've played Division 1 finals. And uh, but Leash were out in, all in matching clothes later on that night and the idea was we've won a national final and we're going to celebrate and I think that's right that's the yeah. way you should have done it so Division 3 final would be a great one to win it would be fantastic next step up and it would give you that little bit of confidence maybe going in because it's nice to bring a cup home to your own town and this is always my argument about this a cup is a cup I played junior soccer two years ago and we won a nobody cup in the middle of nowhere on a shitty boggy thing and the cup was brought back to the town to uh, you know what I mean a cup is a cup is a uh, cup and that's yeah. it yeah. so like I mean the league is the same right so I'm going for Leash um, and that's it so we'll be back on Monday we'll review that game and don't get scared off it won't be all about Leash and Westmead we'll, <laughs> we'll do some other stuff as well right we'll talk to you then good luck I'm not finished yet it took me a long time to get here both players have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a f***ing shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f***ing houses for f***ing years. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com.